Welcome to the Osue Ibarra Podcast. All right, and welcome back. We are so glad that you guys tuned in with us. I have the honor of having Miss Tanera Garvin here with us. For those of you who do not know Miss Tanera, Tanera is a boss. Uh, I uh, met Tanera first at Karis Christian Center, and Tanera, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember Rain. Herman yes. and Raquel Hudson. Oh, man, I love those guys. Yes. But I remember you singing it. For those of you who don't know, Tanera has a voice, and she crushes it. She sings at Freedom. She sings, uh, well, she was singing at Rain back in the time. But, uh, man, just uh, Tanera coordinated the, um, you know, it's so many different names, right? Global Training Schools, uh, Directors... Uh, training director's program. training program. I know. Just, yeah, there's a lot of names. we got to figure that one out. <laughs> so um, she, she's coordinated the uh, Global Training School. Uh, she was the Dean of Education. And now, um, man, just what, you, what is it What now? is my title it now? Is the big, yeah. big, big, big Now deal. I am the World Outreach Director of International Operations. Wow. So, yeah, Tanera's seriously going out there, and she's crushing it and doing amazing things, just moving and shaking. Um, and she's just a phenomenal teacher. Um, I've sat under her in her presentation skills training. I've sat under her uh, in her boundaries class. And seriously, you just have a phenomenal story, a phenomenal gift, and you're just awesome, Tanera. So uh, I've been – all right, so all right. <laughs> I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. I've told Tanera that I wanted to record her – I think this is probably a year ago. I think, yeah, I think it's going on a year. I've been every couple months, so he comes over and he's like, Tanera, I want to record you. I'm going to get it down. I'm going to do it. <laughs> so it just got to a point where anytime he'd ask, I was like, sure, Hostway, one day. Yep, that'll happen. <laughs> well, today's the day. We're making it happen and we're here. So honestly, um, the thing I, what really admired me about you, Tanera, I think is just your story. Um, seriously, of what you, it's kind of a redemptive story and really cool. Uh, just from, your past, like um, we were talking with Selena, um, was it Friday? And yeah. the cool thing was, is someone came up to you and just said, like, oh, praise God. Like she was just talking about a time she was sharing her testimony in a class. And someone said, oh, thank God, you're not perfect. Like I just thought you were perfect this entire time. And it's uh, it's actually cool because a lot of times we see different people from platforms and we can get so enamored and like just full of admiration. And it's just, that, you know, sometimes you distance yourself thinking like, I can never become like that or I can never do what she's doing yeah. or he's doing. And anyways, all that to say, is that a leftist tears? Yes, it is. Oh, that is so sweet. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. I just Sidetrack on my coffee cup. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, shout out to the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro and his group, man. That's pretty awesome. But anyways, um, your story is just phenomenal. And so that's what I want to really dive in today. And so really just, Tanera, yeah. like, tell us, like, um, how did you come out here to Karis and just discover kind of what you're meant to be in and what yeah. you're doing? Oh, gosh, that's a that's a great question that opens up a giant can. Um, but I think that's exactly why you asked it. Um, so the way I want to share this is I kind of want to like I say, you know, rewind backtrack a little bit, um, because I know this everybody's journey to Karis is unique and different in how God speaks and how it gets there. I know for me, God had to let me put it this way. I needed the Lord to walk me through seeing my need for him yeah. um, before I ever came to a place of like, oh, Karis is where I want to be. Right. <laughs> Um, and so I will say this, though, so I always knew, like, I've always had a heart for missions specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, just growing up, I knew I was called to the mission field. 
So I tell people, you know, I was graduating high school and I was ready for the mission field. And, and it was really interesting because um, I was I was a very good student, um, you know, salutatorian and uh, was at that place of people were shocked that I wasn't going to college. Right. It's like, what do you yeah. mean you're not going to college? Like, look at your grades. Like, it's just the natural chorus of what right. life tells you to do. But I knew in my heart, I was like, no, I'm called to the mission field. So that's where I'm going. Mm -hmm. I have very supportive parents who were just, Tanera, we know you hear the Lord. All right, we're behind you. And so, which was amazing because uh, they were super excited for me to go to college. <laughs> um, but anyway, kind of fast forward. So I go to my church's Bible school uh, first in order to just get equipped, uh, get financial support as well out of my church and some other ministries I could connect with. Um, and off the first opportunity comes to go on the mission field. Uh, got to work with some phenomenal missionaries out on the field. Got to grow and learn a lot. Uh, make a lot of mistakes. Mm. I think as you do the first time you're stepping out to do anything. Um, and my first year I spent, so I did one year in Mexico. Is where I did my first mission trip, um, and that really awakened a lot in me to really solidify. Um, you know, I started with six weeks there, and then I got an invitation for six months, and then a full year. So it was step by step in the process, but it was it was a lot that helped kind of help me grow and become an adult, right? Because we mm. come out of high school, and then it's that first aspect of oh wait, you got to pay your own bills. Wait, <laughs> you got to you know figure out these life things on your own, and right. so it was good that I learned how to grow up a lot on that field. Um, mm. But I didn't didn't learn the language a whole lot. Mm. And that was because I was just constantly surrounded by Americans. And so even though I was there to work with the locals, I spent most of my time with the Americans. So there was a piece of that that I was like, well, I didn't quite grow as much mm. as I could have. Um, but then I had a second opportunity. So after I finished that one year, I got a phone call um, from my church and an invitation to go and work with another missionary in Romania. Mm. Uh, and so then I moved out to Romania. Um, you know, my plan was, it was, again, it was the same kind of idea. I went for six weeks and they said, okay, we think your six weeks is good. Do you want to come commit a year? And I was like, yeah. I mean, I was, I was all sold out. Like I knew I was called to missions. I was going to die on the mission field. Like that was what I was called to do. And so it was just a no brainer to me to do that. And so in the midst of that, still working on connecting with people, building funds, right? All of that. So while I'm living out on the mission field, this is kind of where the story begins. It's just kind of walking people through to what, what's going on in my life. Getting to the mission field was such, for me, in a sense, um, kind of a no-brainer, easy. Of course I can do this. Of course right. God's going to use me. Mm -hmm. Because I really grew up in a way of always serving the Lord. Like the way I understood relationship with God was how well I served the Lord, how well I served the church, how well I pleased people. Um, it really was self-righteousness when it comes mm -hmm. to look how good I am. Yeah. And so it was easy to believe that God was going to provide funds for me to be on the field because look how good I am. Of course mm -hmm. God wants to use me, right. right? It was like, well, of course you're going to see miracles and God do awesome things through me. <laughs> look how good I am. Like it was so mm -hmm. self-righteousness. Right. And honestly, I feel like God just did stuff despite me because he was like, oh, <laughs> you know what? That has nothing, you know, anyway. Um, but I lived in a lot of self-righteousness. So in essence, like air quoting, trusting God didn't seem hard because I was trusting God in my own in goodness. Wow. Yeah. We're not trusting him in his. And so in this time frame, this is again, how I understand kind of living. So, um, I'm in Romania. This is what's going on. Right. So at the same time, I'm going to kind of push it over to the other side of the pond. So in America, um, my parents, my brother had actually uh, passed away. Hmm. 
And it was a really hard situation. He was in the hospital for about two months uh, prior to passing away. A lot of things going on. And um, I've just got it, man, shout out to my parents. They're, they just, <laughs> oh my gosh, they're such an inspiration to me. But they went through a lot, obviously, with going through that time of him being in the hospital up to his passing. Mm. But their their marriage really got strained through that experience mm. um, and really went through a hard, hard time. And they were on the verge of, honestly, I think they were on the verge of divorce. There was so much going through mm. that uh, situation for them. But my mom uh, got online and just was like, I know that there's a better way to grieve. Mm-hmm. You know, they would try to pick up books or talk to people or go get counsel on how do we walk through grief. And people in books would all just say, it's okay to be angry at God. It's okay to walk through this situation. And my mom was just like, it's not okay. She's like, we're (laughs) not mad at God. We know God didn't take our son. But she's like, but I still don't know how to walk through grief in a healthy way. And so my mom is online Googling and she's just like trying to find something. Like there's got to be someone out there who's written or done something. So of course she comes across Andrew's Dealing with Grief, uh, which you can find on awmy.net. Shout out. But it's just this amazing teaching that Andrew does about what's a godly way to walk through grief. How do you give this back to the Lord and trust that he's your healer, right? And that he's your comforter. And so my mom, it just began to change her so much. So of course she pops it in my dad's truck and forces my dad to listen to it. Um, And it was just amazing that this teaching on God's unconditional love and grace, it just began to change them and transform them. It began to heal their marriage. Um, And just like their whole life was now getting turned upside down, right? Mm -hmm. So while they're going through that, I'm across the pond in Romania and I'm not yet getting that. Mm -hmm. And so when my brother passes away, I was in utter shock in the beginning because it's not what I expected. Again, self-righteousness. I was at a place of like, well, of course God's going to heal my brother. Look Mm -hmm. what I'm doing for the Lord. Why Mm -hmm. isn't he going to heal him? Of course he's going to be healed. Like I know he'll be fine. So when I found out he passed away, it was shock to me because I never thought that would be the direction it would go. And, uh, and so kind of after that, like I hit this place of depression and just sadness, but I knew how to wear a mask. Right. Mm, right. And so I would, you know, and I would go in and work with the missions organization and we did a lot of, um, uh, foundational help. So like we would have supplies come in and then we'd give them away. And then I worked in gypsy camps and I was a worship leader. And so we did a lot of outward ministry working in villages. So when I was going out to do stuff, I knew how to put on my face, Mm. but it was like, every time there was a break, every time there was an opportunity that I could get away from everybody, it's like, I would shut myself up and I would just cry. And it was that place of, I just, I couldn't keep living this way. Like just having to pretend. Um, and it was like, there was a lot of pain going on, but I just, I secluded myself. Right. Um, and anyone who knows me, I'm like a super happy extrovert, uh, and I'm happy all the time and I'm extrovert and I want to go do stuff with people. And in this season of my life, I had kind of changed from that where I didn't want to hang out with people outside of like our committed work hours or our ministry hours. It was like, nope, I'm going to go home. I'm going to be alone because I just wanted to be alone and cry. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be alone and like process my emotions and And really it was that place of, I had a group of friends who began to notice that I was pulling away. So one of them in particularly, he, um, he was like, man, like he wanted to know what was going on. And it was very genuine concern. It was very much, he was like, Hey, what is going on? Like you're pulling away. This isn't you what's happening in your life. And 
So, of course, I broke down and I told him about my brother passing away. And, and bless his heart, he didn't know anything. I assumed they all knew because I just figured, like, the missionaries would have shared all this. And right. and so I was like, oh, none of them know. Okay. <laughs> uh, so it was like the first time having to share with someone that my brother had passed. And just the reality of having to say that, man, it hits you in a whole different way. Um, but the thing I loved about it is in that season where I was grieving, he was very much a godsend in that he became like a brother. Mm-hmm. He would come over to my house, he would bring dinner, and he would sit on the couch with me, and he would say, just cry. Like, I'm just going to be here, whatever yeah. you need. And it literally was a blessing because it was like just having someone there. Right. That's it. It was just There was just this blessing in having somebody there. And so that um, started off as a beautiful mm-hmm. um beautiful friendship, but quickly turned into something very ungodly. Um, And so we took what I think would have been like a beautiful brotherly, like, man, I care for you, man, I'm here to support you moment. Um, And then we began to, in a sense, we we developed um, these emotional ties with each other and we turned it into a relationship. Um, And and if I say this, it it sounded like it started right because like the way he approached me was like to narrow. I prayed about this and I really feel like you're the one that God has for me. Will you walk this journey with me? And I was like, is there any better way that a guy can approach a girl and like ask her out? Like that was like, I was like, oh my gosh, this man. Yes. Like it's so awesome. So I thought it was the most amazing thing ever. And so, of course, I was like, oh, my God, yes. Like, of course, I'm going to, like, go out with this guy. And um, and so we, you know, we let the head missionaries know. We submitted it to the right people. And then and then we began our relationship. Mm. Um, but the thing is, is it went from, like, I feel like it started off with, like, this beautiful aspect of God kind of bringing healing, God kind of right. putting this thing together. But then it was like, okay, thanks, God. We've got it from here. You can back off now. Mm. And we took it into our own hands. And my insecurities, there were so much like lies of the enemy I was going through, things I was believing about myself and like the same for him. And what we did is we took it as opportunity to beat each other up because of our own lies, like our own insecurities, our own hurts of our past. And so we were constantly wounding each other. We got in arguments all the time. We would fight and scream and yell. Mm. And then he would leave. And then I would fall apart. And I'd be like, oh, God, he left me. Um, like, <laughs> and he just needed to go cool off because he was really mad. But it was like we constantly fought. Like it was um, we were neither of us were really pursuing the Lord at the yeah. time. And let me just say, I know I especially wasn't. Mm. Um, and let me say it for this, because we fell into sexual sin. Mm-hmm. And I wanted my sin. Is the best way I can explain it. Meaning this, that the insecurities that I had when we were together, um, I felt loved. I felt wanted. I felt needed. It just like those moments together, and they were literally moments, right? Mm -hmm. Just those moments. It was like I would do anything to feel that way. And because I wanted to feel loved and desired and pursued and wanted, it was I didn't want to talk to the Lord because I knew I was wrong. I Mm. knew it. Mm. And I knew if I had a moment and sat and talked to the Lord and I let the Lord speak to me, then I would have to end it. And I didn't want to. I wanted my sin. And it really came to a place of like I had to get... I mean, I needed a good shaking, really, mm-hmm. um, because I was at a place where I was like, here I am, a missionary. <laughs> like, first of all, right, anytime you add missionary to anything, it always sounds worse. <laughs> um, and so it's like, oh, I'm a missionary on a field having, you know, premarital sex, right? Sounds yeah. worse than, oh, I was having premarital sex as a missionary, missionary. <laughs> right? And so right, it's just right. like, it makes it worse. Um, but kind of anyway, so what ended up happening in that process is I got pregnant. 
Um, which should be a moment of like, oh, we're going to have a baby or whatever. Obviously, we were both, we weren't married yet. Right. Now, we were engaged at this point, um, just a few months away from our wedding. And uh, it just really like, I got scared. Like mm-hmm. every insecurity, every like Tanera, do you realize what you just did? Now, here's the thing. What happened is, is everything that started to flood it in is remember like you, I was the girl, if I can say it this way, right? Self-righteousness. I was in the place before God, look how good I am. Of course you'll use me, Mm -hmm. right? To where when this happened, all of a sudden it was like, Tanera, do you see what you just did? You became the very person that you used to despise. And by that, what I mean is, is in my self-righteousness back in the day, when a girl would show up at church or in my school and she was pregnant outside of marriage, I was a Pharisee to the max. I was Mm. condemning. I was not loving. I was very self-righteous of like, well, that's ungodly. Well, you know what? You need to live. Like I was condemning. I didn't embrace and forgive and love. I didn't understand that, honestly. And so here I was, was the very person that I used to condemn. And so every guilt and condemnation began to come on me because I'm pregnant. I'm freaking out. So then my fiance, of course, freaks out and runs away. And then I was like, oh, God, I'm all alone. He's left me. Mm. Anyway, that was the story of our relationship. (laughs) Um, But he comes back and he gives me these pills and he's just like, just take these. They'll calm you down. The truth is I knew what he handed me. Mm. I knew what it was. Um, I didn't have to ask him. But I was scared enough that I didn't know what to do. Um, And ultimately, it just got to that point where I was like, well, I I don't know what to do. If I don't do this, this guy's going to leave me. And right now, he's my whole world. Mm. Um, And that was all I could see. And so I I took them. And then kind of fast forward, I was laying on the floor after having lost the baby. And I just remember like every attachment in me, every string that held so tightly to my fiancé, was was like broken. Mm. I was broken. Yeah. I literally felt dead inside. For the very first time, I experienced a panic attack, which wow. is what I know it was now. But at the time, when you're having a panic attack, at least when I was, I literally was like, I'm dying right now. I'm having a heart attack and I'm wow. dying. God is killing me for what I did and I deserve mm. it. Um, and I just lied there on the floor and I just cried. And I was like, God, I just deserve to die. I don't deserve life. I deserve nothing. I went into this place of, look what I did, God. You should hate me. You should not want to have anything to do with me. Um, I was disgusting to myself. Hmm. And I couldn't believe what I had just done. And I remember lying there on the floor. And and it's just really neat just to see the hand of God in all of this looking back now, even though I didn't fully recognize it then. But I remember lying there on the floor, and the Lord spoke to me and gave me this vision. And I just heard the, like, oh, I'll just tell you the vision first, because then it'll make sense when I tell you what God said. (laughs) But I had this vision where God showed me two paths. And on one path, it was like I saw my future with this guy. And it wasn't healthy. It wasn't good. Mm. I literally saw it coming to the end of me trying to find a way to escape. Like, it was just uh, very unhealthy, (laughs) right? And then I saw this other path where it was, um, it was like, I don't know. It's like the ethereal, light, bright, puffy clouds everywhere. You can't quite see it, but you know it's good, right? And it was just that sense of peace and that sense of, man, there's going to be peace. There's going to be joy. There's going to be love on this path. Like, it's a good path. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit at that time just said, you know, Tanera, you can make a choice here. You can choose either path, and I love you regardless. You choose. What do you want? 
And it was like this overwhelming yes of like, um, okay, so yep, I choose the light path. I choose the one I don't know, but that looks happy. <laughs> Come on. Um, and it was, it was really like I did, I like I hit this place of in one path, it was without the Lord. And yeah. in the other path, it was with the Lord. You just didn't know what it was. Hmm. And there was a known path and an unknown path. And I just knew, man, I can't take any path without him. Even though I had been walking that journey without him because I chose my sin. Right. At that point, it was like this wake-up call of like, all right, you're making a choice here. Do you really want to move on without me? Yeah. But that's your choice. But I love you, but you choose. And it was just this like, oh, my goodness, wait a minute. I can't be without you. Man, you're everything. And so absolutely at that moment was like, okay, Lord, I'm good. I want out. I'm yeah. done. I don't know what to do, right? And so I was a coward in the sense of <laughs> I knew where I was emotionally, and I was like, I cannot – see this guy face to face. I can't call him on the phone and try to break up with him. I was too um, spiritually, emotionally just attached to this guy. And my soul realm was connected. And so I was like, Lord, if I call this guy, if I see this guy, I'm going to be putty in his hands. Like I am not going to be able to do this. And so, of course, I did the cowardly thing and I texted him. I was like, congratulations, we're breaking up. Uh, <laughs> I was like, how do you text someone in a nice way? Um, Thanks for the fun, I'm done. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, so I ended up breaking up with him. And um, I think that, I, I don't know if like, maybe it was just, I don't want to say it was the Lord, but it actually helped me a little bit because I was still having a hard time letting him go because right. there was such a soul tie to him. But it was after I had sent that, um, he comes over to the house. He's like super angry. He's banging on the door. I experienced a whole side of him in his anger right. um, and the profanities, the profanities that came out of his mouth that I was like, I had never seen that side of him. Mm. That whole year we were together, you know, in a relationship, it was like, man, I never saw the anger and the control that came out of him like I did in wow. that moment. And it was like the Lord was showing me that's what I was showing you was on this path if you kept mm. walking it. Well. And it was like, I was like, oh, Lord, thank God I need to be free from that, right? So, of course, at this moment, I was like, all right, well, I'll meet with the head missionaries and we'll, you know, we'll step away. So I meet with them to say, hey, I think, you know, I need to kind of cut ties here. This isn't the Lord. We're breaking up all this. Um, And they literally said to me, they were like, Tanera, this is God's plan for you. This is what God has. And if you don't accept it, if you break up with him, you need to leave the mission field because you have no more future here. And that was really hard to hear. Now, granted, they didn't know. Like we put on our faces, right? It's like I shared earlier, man, I knew how to put on a good face. And so that's what we did, man. We were in front of people doing ministry together. Like we look like the perfect couple. Everything outwardly, we just look like the power couple. It looked right right Right. because we wanted it to look that way because that's what we chose to show people. Mm. But what was really happening behind closed doors and happening with us was completely ungodly and it was destroying us. Mm. Um, And so, again, they didn't know that, right? They only saw what we showed them, what we wanted them to see. And at that point, I was too riddled with guilt and condemnation from the abortion that I was like, I can't tell them what we just did. Mm. And so at that point, I was like, okay, well, I think it's just time for me to leave then. Yeah. And so, of course, I just kind of gathered my things and just, yeah, literally just left, kind of mm. ran away in one sense um, and caught a flight out. Um, 
again, just didn't really deal with anything at that point. I was just like, I just need to get back to the US. I need to get out of this situation. I have to get far away from it. Because I also knew if I tried to stay there as a missionary as well, knowing what the leaders were pressing towards that we need to get back together, even though I felt like I did have a word from God in that moment of you need to make a choice here. And I was choosing, you know, the new path with the Lord at the same time. It was that that decision of, um, I knew if I stayed in that situation, I would somehow end up back with him. I would somehow between everybody trying to think we belong together and his control of wanting to get me back, I would have ended up with him and that would have been the path, even though I was like, I know that's not the one I want. So the only way to make the right choice was to say, I have to fully get out of this situation. And so fully just leave the mission field. So I came back to the U.S. just feeling like a total loser, like tail between my legs, like look what I just did. God must hate me because I killed my own family. Um, there's no way God's going to use me again. I broke his trust. Look what I did as a missionary. Like he was trusting me to love on and minister to people. And here I was choosing my own sin and choosing to you know, have sex outside of marriage, choosing to get pregnant, choosing to have an abortion, like all these things that I was doing because I chose not to have a relationship relationship with the Lord. I quit daily time with him because I wanted to hide in the darkness. And so now I'm at this place where I'm like, okay, God, thank you for freeing me from what happened in Romania, from freeing me from that situation. I'm coming back to the U.S. I'm in mourning. My parents are like, okay, we see what you're going through. Now, again, my parents didn't know. I didn't tell anybody. I was living in such guilt and condemnation. There's no way I could tell anyone. And so anyway, so I was going through this whole situation and my mom, I love her. She was like, Uh girl, you got to do something with your life. Um, but anyway, so kind of all that, I'll just try to wrap it up. But my parents didn't know either about what had gone on, but they just knew that, you know, she's, I was coming in depressed. I was very suicidal in my thoughts. Mm. Um, I knew I couldn't kill myself because of what my parents went through with my brother. Mm. Um, but it was very much like a real thing to me of like, man, I, I don't know, just when you're at that bottom of the barrel, no hope, because again, let me come back to this. I was at a place of, I, my self-righteousness of look how good I am, God, of course you should use me to look how horrible I am, God, you should just kill me in my sleep. Like I don't deserve to live again. Both sides are self-righteousness, but I had lived both sides. Mm. Um, and so here I was on the bottom of the barrel side of self-righteousness. And so my mom is like, girl, you got to do something with your life. Right. So she gives me Andrew's teaching on God's kind of love for you. She's like, you need to listen to this. You need to hear his love. Because my parents' lives being totally transformed by this message of grace. And I'm just like, oh, okay, fine. Whatever I need to do to keep you happy, that's my only goal in life. Keep my parents happy. Um, because, again, people pleaser, right? Um, and so I start listening to Andrew's God's kind of love for you, driving in the car. And I'm literally driving in the car, listening to this message experience for the first time God's overwhelming love Mm. just hit me in the car and I was at this place of again like God you don't love me God you hate me right to all of a sudden I knew that I knew that I knew God absolutely loved me without a doubt and I just remember sitting there ugly sobbing crying (laughs) um just heaving I had to pull the car over obviously and just letting the Lord just love on me Mm. and it began this restorative process of like man God you do love me like if you never use me again you love me um and like that was enough for me to say okay I can keep living okay I can go on because you love me you don't hate me um and then in that process like fast forward it was only just a couple of months after that I get a phone call from the missionaries I worked with down in Mexico and they're like hey Tanera you know we know you've got your ESL license we've got a ministry down here that needs some support would you come work with them 
And it was absolutely, it was this awakening moment of like, oh my goodness, Lord, you want to use me? Like, I thought I had completely disqualified myself. God would never want to use me again. Look what you did to like the Lord saying, baby girl, I love you. I still have a purpose and a plan for you. Just let me do it, right? And so then I was like, oh, Lord, look at this. And so then God opened the door and I lived, I moved down to Mexico, lived there another two years doing missions work. (laughs) And just it continued this restoration process um, and really redemption of beginning to see that how I operate in life cannot be from the righteousness of look how good I am. It can't be from the self-righteousness of look how bad I am and look what I did. But it was coming to this place of, man, look at you, Jesus. Mm. Look what you paid for. Look what you did on the cross. Look what you did for me to have this life. That nothing that comes out of me, anything good you see in me is not me. Man, it is the Lord. It is the Holy Spirit. Because there is nothing in my own righteousness that could ever earn or deserve a dang thing. Right? And so for me, it's just, it's, that's how I got to Karis, right? So living in Mexico, still continuing Andrew's teachings, all the free stuff online, right? (laughs) And then my parents, um, my mom called me up and said, they started Karis online and, uh, you should do this. And now at this point I'd been to two Bible colleges (laughs) and I was like, Lord, I don't want to do a third one. But then they said they'd pay for it. Live, you're going to pay for Bible college. Like, All right. Three. I'll go. I'll do I'll it. I'll do it. <laughs> so I did my first year online and just through that continued transformation process of learning who I am in Christ and learning how he sees me and, and just seeing all these aspects of the nature of God just going through Karis is where I was like, you know what? I need to go to second year. It's time. It's time for me to step out. And so that's how I got to Karis. Sorry. Thanks for wow. the long, long story. No, no, that's beautiful. <laughs> and like, obviously, uh, for those who are listening, that's why um, I'm just enamored by Tanera because you, um, for those of you who know Tanera and just see her, it's just like, you wouldn't even imagine, like, seriously, you came from this story, uh, not even smell uh, hints of smoke. <laughs> Seriously. Um, and it's inspiring and it's encouraging that, uh, again, for those who may be going through things, uh, whether whatever self-righteousness you're looking at, whether I'm good or whether I'm terrible, uh, let this be an example to you that once you put your righteousness in Christ, the amazing things that he can do, because it's so cool that he's restored you back into the missions where you are literally for your job. You're yeah. traveling <laughs> everywhere. You know, I think you're going to the UK soon, right? Yeah, just, absolutely. I've got oh. like three countries on the list right now. <laughs> yeah. It is it is absolutely, it's amazing how God has has not just restored, but completely expanded the vision because it's no longer me, it's him. Mm. Mm. That is so good. So here's what I uh, generally give out to everyone. I give everyone a three-minute challenge, Tara. And so I, I love just uh, how do we quickly apply this? And maybe you can kind of help me with this. What is something that someone can just immediately take away and just say, all right, I'm going to go do this? Um I know one thing for me from this, what I've got, even from Friday, you know, I was talking with Ella and just like, man, just looking at my own righteousness, mm-hmm. you know, just look reflecting, you know, and who am I dependent on? Am I dependent on myself? And a lot of times I think we can get dependent on ourselves. And so ask yourself that question. Take three minutes. Just really just seek the Lord. Like, am I depending on my own strength or am I depending on his? Uh, but I don't know. Do you have anything yeah. else that you want to add to that? Gosh, thanks. Um, no, I think that's probably the good one is stopping and reflecting like, wait, who... Who am I depending on right now? Is it me or is it the Lord? Um, and I know, honestly, I still do that because it's easy to yeah. slip into either end of it, right? Either right. the look how good I am or look how bad I am, I've messed up. And so I would say first, what's your tendency? Which mm. side do you tend to slip into? And then what are some accountability measures you can put in place yeah. to say, you know what? I need to check myself right now. Like mm. whose righteousness am I standing in, mine or the Lord's? Mm. Amen. No. 
That's so good. Well, awesome. Well, Tanera, thank you again for your time. Uh, Stacy, we're sorry. But, no. <laughs> uh, but anyway, guys, thank you guys for listening. Um, we'll see you until next time. All Peace. right. Thanks, guys.